Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it is March 15th, it's 2019, and we have eight basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, my bearded pal, Genifro7. How are you doing, Grant? Good, good. Was supposed to be on yesterday, not today, but uh, the bomb cyclone hit Denver, and I was without power for a good eight hours. It was terrible. You don't realize how much you rely on all electricity until you're actually stuck without it and you get horribly horribly bored i would have slept <laughs> i would have went to sleep um was it just like a really bad storm or something yeah you can ask kevin roth but basically we got like 10 inches over the course of five six hours and knocked out power for most of denver it was interesting and now it's going up apparently towards chicago right now so yeah, not not great. Not great stuff. 50 mile per hour winds at some point. Couldn't see out the window. It was it was fun stuff. Did you miss California? I most certainly did. I absolutely do, but <laughs> I'm sure you Denver, did. <laughs> Denver will get a little better during baseball season. I can go to some Rockies games and it'll be 75 degrees outside. Yeah, that is true. So well, I'm glad that uh, it's all fixed and uh, Will, you know, stepped up to the plate and you guys switched days, so that was good. Um, we're going to talk about this eight-game slate. Uh, before we do, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links. That way you guys get access to any cool promos that we do run with Fantasy Draft. From time to time, we run promos with them if you sign up through our links. You'll get access to those promos and, you know, have a chance to take advantage of it. So if you want to, you can also, if you haven't played over there, you can join the Listener's League, the comment section of the podcast. There'll be a link, and uh, that way you can join. I just want to give a shout-out to the monthly winner. We had our first monthly winner um, of the Morning Grind Listener's League, took down the contest. It was Miami Bob 77. Uh, congratulations to you, my friend. And, um, you know, getting the NBA tickets. And um, it's just cool. You know, obviously it's cool because, yeah, the Listener's League, man, it's cool, right? Um, all right, let's get into these eight games. We start with Charlotte at Washington. It is a 232 total here. Washington favored by three and a half. Um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is probable, but Cody Zeller is doubtful. And on the Washington side, you know, the only real news that we have here is Decker is questionable. Grant, what are we looking at here on Charlotte? I mean, it's against Washington. There's what a 231 total, 232 total. So there's gonna be a lot of scoring here. Without Zeller in, I hate doing it, but we have to look at Hernan Gomez going up against a terrible Washington um, defense that just gets destroyed by centers here. So I think he's in play here. Um, Marvin Williams is in play. Pretty much everyone's in play. Marvin Williams is in play. Kaminsky could get some extra run without Zeller in there. He didn't last game, but could hear Batum, Lamb, Walker. They're all in play. They're all very good plays. It's going to be a big game to stack up because no one's real constrictively priced over on the 
Charlotte side outside of Kemba. I think it's a decent idea to fade Kemba in tournaments, though, because, I mean, we saw what happened last time we played him. Everyone played Kemba, and he just destroyed so many lineups. Kemba, no matter how good the matchup is, he can always just destroy your lineups because he can put up a dead pretty much any given game. And the fact that he put up 67 against Houston the other night probably will mean people are going to be on him. So I'd be more apt to use a lot of the other pieces here, but they all, like, just from a raw points and a points per dollars perspective, they all stand out as good plays. Yeah, I, I I like Kimba here, but I agree. I think he's going to be very popular. So, you know, obviously if you're playing tournaments, you got to make the decision if you want to eat the chalk or wash it away with a water hose. Um, Nicholas Batum is somebody that stands out to me at 56, but really the guy that I like here a lot is Marvin Williams. Um, you know, we don't, we can kind of guess what the minutes are going to be for Hernan Gomez, and we can kind of guess what the minutes are going to be uh, for Frank the Tank. But Marvin Williams, we know, is going to play 30-plus minutes in this game. It's a really good matchup. You know, power forwards have done really well against Washington all season. Put up 48 against this team not too long ago. He's averaging 37 against them in three matchups this season. Marvin Williams at 46, um, one of the cheaper guys that I'm certainly looking at in this matchup to take advantage of, you know, price matchup. You know, all, all that good, all that jazz. Um, Washington, what's standing out to you here for the Wizards? I mean, Beal stands out pretty much in every single game. He's got a really high floor and a really high ceiling. Um, he's going to take his shots, high supply total. Beal is just Beal, as, and this is basically the same as it always is. Sato, he's going to end up with high 30s minutes, low 40 minutes. He put up a stinker in the last game, but Orlando's pretty decent team here, so... I, I think that he'll do fine against Charlotte today. Um, his price tag isn't bad. He's He doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world in most games, but, I mean, you can't really argue for 35 to 40 in any given uh, at any given time at a $5,800 price tag. But the guy I'm really looking at is Portis here. Um, obviously struggled against Orlando in the last game, but prior to that he was putting up 40 on a consistent basis here. He gets a matchup versus Charlotte that's not great versus Big Men. Um, should get a decent amount of minutes. I don't know if I can go there with cash, but his price tag in tournaments is just great. Like anytime you get a 6K guy for 40 points, it's always a good spot here. So Portis is by far my favorite. Beal um, is a great play regardless, and I don't like a lot of the other spend-ups there, so I'll probably end up with a decent amount of him. Outside of that, if you want to go Jabari or Ariza or Jeff Green, that's fine. I'm not going there, though. Yeah, Jabari always has tournament appeal. Um, I, I do like the Portis call, but you know, obviously, if you want to stack this game up with Beal, Walker, find some value maybe in Williams or another game. It, it's certainly something I think you can look at here. I think this is a really solid game stack. Obviously, the total is telling us it's going to be a pretty solid game, but you know, we have three games on the slate with totals over two thirty. So it's not like your end all option have to have players from this game, but it is a solid game to look at to get the night started off. Yeah. Lakers and Pistons. Um, no real injury news here. Reggie Jackson is questionable and that's why we don't have a line for this game. Let's start with the Lakers. What are we looking at here on LA? I mean, is LeBron James going to sit? Is <laughs> The main thing here, um, if James sits, then I have a lot of interest in Rondo and Kuzma and McGee. I think I have interest in Rondo and McGee regardless, but Kuzma more so just if LeBron ends up sitting and then you can take shots on any of the other guys that may end up with a little bit of extra playoff or playing time. 
Hart could do something. KCP could do something. Wagner could potentially be in for some more minutes, considering that both Blake and Drummond, but a lot of it relies on James playing. I don't want to play James regardless, but if he's out, then it does open up a whole lot of minutes, but it's a little bit tough to figure out exactly what to go with. But Rondo's the guy that I'm going with regardless, and probably McGee just for the extra minutes he's going to get going up against Drummond here. Yeah, I'm at the point now that I'm starting to get to the point where I just I might fade the Lakers the rest of the season. Um, it, you know, it's just random people are getting minutes out of nowhere, and it's bothering me. Uh, obviously, if we get news that LeBron sits here, or you know, Hart's been dealing with injury, maybe he sits. Then I'm looking at this game a little bit more. But if everybody plays in this game, I'll probably fade the Lakers here. Uh, there's just nothing that stands out to me. If everybody's healthy and everybody's playing, you know, we're continuing to see LeBron play 30 to two, 30 to 32 minutes instead of 35 plus. So uh, I think this is a spot that unless we get news that I, I just don't want to play anything here from the Lakers. Yeah, no, that's understandable. I think you play McGee and you play Rondo regardless just because of the matchup. Um, but outside of them, I'm completely fine with fading anyone else. And if you do want to fade them, that's also fine. There are a lot of good plays on the board today. All right. Um, Detroit side of things, what are we looking at here on the Pistons? I mean, if Jackson's out, then Ish is just too darn cheap here. Um, should be in for a decent amount of minutes. And at 3,900, if he's going to get 30 plus, uh, or even high 20s, that's still too cheap for him here. So Ish is definitely in play if Jackson's out. If Jackson's in, I still have a little bit of interest in Smith, but not not a lot. The two guys are the same two guys as always. Drummond this is a good spot for him going up against Lakers. I think that he could be in for a huge game here, so I'll have a lot of ownership in him. And then Griffin, his pr- I know he's playing like trash lately, but there's a good matchup here. And he's only 7700 His price tag is just way too cheap considering what his upside is. And I get it's been so long since we saw Blake Griffin do well. And a lot of it's been that he's been in a few blowouts recently. Um, so if you're just looking at the game log, he should get five, six, seven more minutes. Um, at 7700 even if he puts up only like 35 it's not going to kill you. But Griffin's price tag is just so cheap right now. I think it's the time to jump on. Yeah, you know, Blake is really cheap. Drummond's been playing much better. Um, you know, so I'm not going to fault you if you want to go Drummond, but Blake is at a point where we're almost price enforcing him here um, in a matchup against the Lakers that he should have a good game. If Jackson does sit, you know, you nailed it. Like, we're playing as Smith. If Jackson doesn't play here, you know, don't overthink it. Uh, I think it's a situation we definitely want to attack if we get news. Um Outside of that, I don't really love anything here from the Pistons. Um, I don't really love anything else from this game. You know, obviously, like I said, if news comes out with the Lakers, we're probably going to look at these guys a little bit more. But right now, it's just nothing really standing out to me. Yep. Uh, we got the Kings and the 76ers. 233 total here. Philly favored by nine. Um, you know... This is we're gonna put Ben Simmons as questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a sickness. Um, Butler, I would expect him back. And then uh, Mike Scott did not practice as well. He's sick as well. Um, let's start with Sacramento. Let's talk Kings. What are we looking at here? They aren't I mean, back. 
Yeah, it's on a back-to-back. They've not performed well in back-to-backs, and they have not performed well on the road so far this season. Um, so I think Fox, Hyde are both fine. You can go with Barnes. You can go with Bagley if you really want to. But I'm not going to be surprised if I have zero ownership in anyone on the Sacramento side. It's not the greatest matchup in the world. And, again, back-to-back and on the road is just not a favorable spot. I expect people to chase um, Buddy Hyde's outing from last night. But I don't know if you really want to here. Like, this is just not the spot, I don't think so. More, more of my interest is over on the Philly side, but this game could very easily turn into a blowout quick. And even if it doesn't, then still all these guys on a back-to-back is just not the best spot. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Bagley came back. We talked about that yesterday on the podcast. He ended up playing 19 minutes. And and uh hope you guys played Buddy. I ended up playing Buddy. He was, like, really low-owned in the tournaments that I played him in. Um yeah, it, it Bagley, maybe they're careful with Bagley here. Um, just coming back from injury on a back-to-back. And maybe this is a spot we look at Bielitsa. I know he started um, over Bodanovic, but this could be a spot we go right back to the well. I know he didn't have a big game against the Celtics on um, Thursday, but I think it's potentially a spot we just fire right back up and uh, don't think twice about it. Not a lot standing out to me outside of that. Um, Philadelphia, what are we looking at here on the 76ers? It sounds crazy, but with a possible blowout, with a matchup, with the minutes he's going to get regardless, am I crazy for going with Boban? Yes. Sounds good. Boban. Boban for 3,900. He got 14 minutes in his first game back um, from injury, and it's going up. I could see him getting 19-plus here at 3,900. I mean, he can go for 30 here. I'm going to have a little bit of ownership in Boban over on Fantasy Draft, where I can play a whole bunch of centers. And I mean, a lot of this dependent on the Ish Smith injury and what other injuries open things up. But as a potential uh, salary saver, Boban's not a bad, bad guy to go with um, outside of him and Bede, just because even if this game does blow out or if this game stays close and Bede could be in for a huge game, obviously Sacramento's not fantastic against Biggs. And then Bede in an up-paced matchup could go off huge. Simmons, if he's out, I mean, I could see going with Butler or Harris. I think I prefer Harris to Butler. Um, I know that he hasn't done a whole lot since Embiid's been back, but the guy still has big upside in pretty much any given matchup, especially an up-paced one. So, really, it's probably Harris, Embiid, and Boban for me. Yeah, if if Simmons does end up sitting, I think we can potentially look at um, uh, like TJ McConnell. You know, he hasn't been playing a ton, but, you know, if Simmons sits, he, he probably ends up playing like 25 to 30 minutes in this game. He's really cheap across the industry, blowout proof. Um, Embiid is certainly somebody, one of the top options on the slate. It's an amazing matchup for him. He should crush here. So outside of that, like you're going to have to adjust to injury news. If Simmons sits, I think you could look at Tobias. Um, I think you could look at JJ Redick, but I, I still think the biggest bump here is going to be Embiid. So. Embiid would be the guy I'd be looking at the most. Um, and Embiid's in play regardless um, whether Simmons plays or not. So I don't know if I could go Boban. I love playing this guy, but... If you steal him for the Roto-Grinders game, or money and grind game at the end, I'm, I'm going to be very unhappy with you. <laughs> I'm not going to. I already have my guy. Um, Milwaukee at Miami. Now I'm tempted to do it, though. 220 total. <laughs> 
Milwaukee's favored by four and a half in this game. Brown is still out. Dwayne Wade is questionable. Let's start with Milwaukee. What are we looking at here on the, the Bucks? I mean, I'm not really sure I want anyone. Bledsoe's fine. Middleton's fine. Uh, I I don't want to play Giannis. I don't want to pay that price tag. I'd rather pay less for Beal or go any number of other spots or pay for Embiid. To me, like this isn't a fantastic matchup here. It is projected to be close, so I could see myself stacking this game up a little bit. But I I don't want any Milwaukee player. Like it's just that simple. We have a full eight game slate. We have a lot of good spots. We have a lot of plus matchups. We have a decent amount of value here. I don't think I need to go with any of these guys. And if I were going to, it would be Middleton or it would be Bledsoe. Yeah, I think most of these guys end up like five to six Xing. I don't think any of them like have that ceiling game here. So I'm with you. Uh, not a team that I like. You know, I think that Brogdon would be the closest. Middleton maybe as well. Middleton would probably be the closest thing to a play here for me. And like, I'm not paying 6,800. He hasn't shown the ceiling to pay off 6,800 and win you a tournament. So for me, it's going to be pretty much a stay away spot for the Milwaukee side. And then you go to the Miami side and it just doesn't get much better. This is just a game that on on paper isn't great. Um, The only thing that kind of stands out to me here is maybe taking a a chance on white side at 5,700. Like, Whiteside has the upside to win you a tournament if he gets the minutes. He just hasn't been getting the minutes. Um, obviously, it's it's a tougher, it's just tough figuring out when the minutes are going to be there. But what are you looking at here on Miami? Yeah, I don't think there's a spot going up against Brolo where Whiteside will actually get some minutes here. Um, to me, it's, it's, it's Winslow, and that's about it. Winslow could have some upside, but probably not. I mean, in all honesty, he, I, I don't think that there's a spot where you go with him here. So... This game's probably a full fade for me. There has to be some games that we like on the slate. We'll get to them, maybe. Um, Phoenix at Houston, 225 total here. Houston favored by 13 in this game. Tyler Johnson's questionable. Warren is still out. And as far as the injury report the night before, Houston's good to go. Uh, Let's start with Phoenix. Obviously, Johnson being questionable makes raises a red flag. Like That's you know the guy they've brought in to play point guard. What are we looking at here on Phoenix? I mean, you have to worry about this game staying close. I don't hate the spot for Booker. Um, I don't hate the spot for Oubre. Aiden and Johnson are both fine plays. I don't think I'm playing anyone outside of maybe Booker outside of a game stack here. I mean, 13-point spread is not great. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really just Booker for me. Like, Booker is a guy that even if the game gets a little bit out of hand, like could end up playing the entire time and he can go for 60 in any given matchup, especially matchup against Houston here. So if I had to pick, it would be Booker. And if I didn't go with him, it would be Aiden and Ubre if I had a game stack here, but this is another spot where it's very likely going to be a blowout. I like that Charlotte Washington game so much more as we continue to go here. Um, yeah, obviously you got to worry about this game staying close. Um, if we do get news here that, um, Johnson ends up sitting, maybe we're taking a shot on Melton. Um, uh, would he play? I'm guessing he would play like 20 to 25, maybe 30 minutes. Um, I don't feel great about it, but you know, he would obviously be blowout proof too, which is always nice, but nothing really standing out to me. 
if I'm going to play Booker, I'm going to run it back with Capella and Chris Paul. Um, you know, obviously this is a great matchup for Capella. This is one of the worst teams in basketball this season against centers and power forwards. So a, a matchup that Capella could, you know, have really good numbers in and Chris Paul's just too cheap at 6,900. If this game stays close, if you're playing Booker and you're running it back, you're expecting it to stay close. Um, you know, Chris Paul is at, at 6,900, a guy that I would certainly run back my Phoenix exposure with. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, it would be Paul and it would be Capella. This is a great matchup for both of them. And even though it is a 13-point spread, there always is a decent chance that they get there before a blowout or that the game stays close enough where, I mean, even if Houston covers a 13-point spread, it could mostly happen near the end of the fourth quarter here. And Capella and Paul could get full minutes here. So those are two guys I'm most likely going to go with. I know Harden hasn't done a whole lot recently. Um, but He's 11K, and I could potentially see, like, if I'm bringing it back with Booker and Ubre or Aiton, then playing uh, Harden here and forgoing uh, Chris Paul, just because I know that he has huge upside in this spot here if this game doesn't staying close. So, yeah, I mean, I got, like I said, I'm not going to target Harden as a one-off. I will Capella and Paul, um, but they're all in play for a game stack. Yeah, you know, if, if we're going to see – it all depends really what type of ownership we could see here for Harden. Like, is it going to be high? Is it going to be low? You know, we do have some spots that we're worried about um, games not staying close, and this is obviously one of them. So I think I lean Beal over Harden, but, you know, obviously Harden is a guy that could break a slate. So, um, you know, he's always uh, a top option here. All right, we got Portland at New Orleans, 235.5 total here. Portland favored by eight in this game. Seth Curry and Mo Hartless are both questionable. And then on the Pelican side, Drew Holiday and Etwan Moore are still out. Uh, let's start with Portland. What are we looking at here? I mean, Dame, Nurk, McCollum are all fantastic plays. Um, you could potentially go with Cantor coming off the bench there. He's done well in the last few games he's played, and he's getting close to 20 minutes. His price tag isn't great, but it's not bad considering the production they could provide here. Going up against the Pelicans team that is just not very good and playing at a very fast pace here. Um, all three of them are in plays. If you really need some salary saving and you want to add another piece as a one-off in a game stack, or not as one-off, in a game stack here, I don't mind Aminu. So, uh, but Lillard, like, he, he should crush here. He should absolutely dominate here. And McCollum has just been playing so well lately that if you don't go with Lillard, I think you should definitely go with McCollum because I mean, if he's at this fast-paced game, I could see him easily putting up over 20 shots here. So, like, this is just a great spot that I don't know how much people are actually going to be on. Um, we have those three early games that are all decent spots, um, so this one could get more overlooked than it should. Yeah, for sure. Um Lillard number one for me, McCollum and Nurkic like two three. Um, those are the guys that I'm pretty much targeting here. You know, Cancer's price the other day, uh, forty three and and four. Like, you know, he's probably going to play twenty minutes. I just think there's better value plays on the slate, but I can obviously see him hitting it, having some upside. Um, you know. 
are we potentially i don't even want to say it are we potentially maybe looking at evan turner here or is this is a situation that we're not going to touch even if curry and harkless are out i mean he is 3100 if he gets 20 minutes in this type of matchup he could crush here i just i don't i don't know like it i guess it depends if you're really starving for value um and not a whole lot of injuries open up then i could potentially see it it's yeah yeah both if we get confirmation that both harkless and uh career out then i think that you can easily take a shot on him all right new orleans side of things you know obviously no drew no more Anthony Davis's price creeping back up a little bit. Um, what are we doing here with the Pelicans? I mean, I've gotten pretty disappointed that Davis's price went up a little bit, but I mean, I think you can still play him. Honestly, it's not the worst idea in the world. And had big old argument with Dean on Wednesday about him not being able to average two points per minute, but Production does go up a little bit when you're playing less minutes. Um, I think just because Davis is playing a little bit harder pretty much the entire time, you don't have to worry about foul or him fouling out. And on top of that, you get the double-double bonus in pretty much every single time he gets on the floor here, or a lot of the times that he gets on the floor here, which adds to point-per-minute value. 71 is a little bit tough, but I'll still end up with some shares of him because no one ever seems to play him that much and 40 points is something i'm more than happy with on a 7k guy unless there's extreme value on the slate outside of him peyton is just on an absolute tear right now and i'm not going to stop now it's just that simple uh he's doing a whole lot in pretty much every aspect of the game i don't expect him to end up with 10 plus rebounds here but a 6600 you can still make it there um if he doesn't end up doing that randall is probably lower on my list. I think I'd rather go with a guy like Frank Jackson, who didn't put up a good game last game, but he's still playing 33, 34, 35 minutes every single game here, and he's only 4,900. I could see in the, if you need some extra value here or if you want to stack the game up, and I could see going with him at 4,900. I think I'm off Kenrich here. Um, and obviously look out to see if anyone gets ruled, if Davis specifically gets ruled out in this game because – it's New Orleans. Who knows what they're going to do at any given time, but I'm playing Peyton regardless, and that's the one guy I know I'm for sure playing. Yeah, I like Peyton. Um, tough matchup for Williams. I don't think I'll go there. I don't mind maybe playing Jackson and Peyton, but it's really it. Uh, how you know Anthony Davis's price is probably too high for me now. Um, I know it's like oh, it's only three hundred dollars more, but. It's enough that I think it makes a difference um, with him only playing 20 to 22 minutes a night. You know, Darius Miller is going to play a bunch of minutes here. Uh, if, if value doesn't open up, maybe you look at him, but I don't feel good about that either. So really it's Elf Payton, it's Jackson, and it is New York at San Antonio, 216.5 total. San Antonio favored by 13 in this game. DSJ is questionable. Frank Nick Lukina is still out. And then on the San Antonio side, Rudy Gay is probable. Um, what are we looking at here on New York? I mean, if DSJ is out, do we take a shot on Moody 8, 4,200 here? Um, I know I'd never want to trust anything that New York ever does, but DSJ out, that gives a little bit, like, a little bit of usage to go around here. 
I mean, I know he wasn't playing huge minutes, but he's still in the mid-20s, and Moutier could be in for a little bit more. Maybe Trier, we could throw a little bit of him in, but I don't terribly trust him. I mean, these guys are all just tournament darts. I mean, Mike Robinson, Jordan, Dotson, Vonley, Moutier all have the potential to crush value. And I think for some reason they're giving Dotson a whole bunch of run lately, and he's been crushing it. But I always know as soon as I hop on him that he's – it, it, as soon as I hop on any Knicks player, they're going to absolutely destroy me. San Antonio's played really, really well at home this season. Um, I could see them blowing out. The Knicks, a lot easier than I can see Phoenix getting blown out or Sacramento getting blown out. Like, this is the most likely blowout situation here. I don't know if I want to trust anyone on the Knicks regardless, but they're all worth a few tournament darts if you're mass multi-entering. Yeah, and you know if DSJ doesn't play, I think you do take a shot on Moutier. <laughs> Never feel good about it, but if DSJ is going to be out, I think Moutier sees a minute increase. So certainly looking at that if that happens. Um, you know, you mentioned Dotson. I feel okay with playing him. I I hate playing the Knicks in general. Uh, but outside of that, like you know, outside of Dotson and maybe Moutier, if, if we get news here, but I just I don't want to touch anything else. I know. You know, Vonley's been up and down decent, but now he's 4,900. He's not 4,200 anymore. So for me, that's all I'm looking at on the Knicks. Um, and then we get this, like, or San Antonio team that has to keep winning. Like, they don't have to keep winning, but they're obviously in, in a position where they need to keep winning. Um, what are we looking at here on San Antonio? <sighs> I don't know if I want to play that, pay that price for Aldridge. I don't know if I want to pay that price for DeRozan. When you consider the blowout risks, either one of them could end up doing something big in this type of matchup here. I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be a blowout. But if it does stay close, then Aldridge and DeRozan should crush. I think the guy that I'm going to go with regardless is Derek White. Um, just been crushing lately. He gets this matchup here and should – like he, he's the guy with the lower price tag at 6,300. If he only plays three quarters, he could still potentially end up hitting value with the way he's playing lately and this type of matchup here. I will probably have a decent amount of ownership in White regardless because I don't expect a whole lot of ownership in him because people are going to be scared of the blowout. And so I'm just going to roll with it and hope for the best. But LMA and DeRozan are strictly darts and game stack guys, but game stacking in this game. Game stacking with the Knicks is always a horrible idea anyways, so I probably will end up fading Aldridge and DeRozan regardless, and I'm probably not playing Gay or maybe Potal. I could see a shot on, but that's probably not a great call either. Yeah, you know, you just look at this team, and I think DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are good plays, but I don't think they're great plays. Um, I do like White. Uh, he is the guy that I had written down here from the Spurs. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, when it comes to White, uh, I think this is a spot that even at 6,300, I think he has upside. Um, and then I don't want to get into like the, the Potal situation or anybody like that. I do expect Rudy Gay back here and, you know, I expect him to play his normal minutes. So, like Forbes and those guys, I just don't see myself targeting those, you know, those few guys. Yeah. All right. Looking at the last game on the slate, it's a two-hour gap between the 8:30 game and the 10:30 game. 229 and a half total here. Uh, the Clippers are favored by eight and a half. Wendell Carter Jr. is out. 
Zach Levine, Levine is probable, and uh, Porter is probable. And then on the Clippers side, Gallinari is questionable. You know, standalone late game stinks when you have some injury news that we're going to be paying attention to. What are we looking at here on Chicago? So this is not – I, I want to start by saying this is not a terrible spot to game stack if it does, in fact, stay close. And waiting on the Gallinari news, there's a whole lot of pivots you can have. First of all, you can pivot from Gallinari to Porter very, very easily here. Um, and it's a little bit tougher to – Switch around some of the cheaper guys that you'd want to play over on the Clippers um, if Gallinari does get ruled out. But there are a lot of different ways you can mix around guys here on the late game if you're playing over on DK and you want to do some late swap stuff and potentially have an edge here based on the Gallinari news. But over on Chicago, um, I think the guy I'd most want to play is going to be Porter here. I'm a little bit worried about a blowout, but it's not a terrible spot for Porter. Not a ter terrible spot for Levine. I like Rolo a lot. Um, his price tag's getting up there, but they're going to just keep playing him a bunch of minutes here. And so I think he can still easily hit value going up against this Clippers team that is just not fantastic at guarding bigs. Um, so Rolo's the guy that I think I'd roll with regardless. And he also gives, leaving him in that utility spot, gives you a few different more ways to move stuff around at the end of the night. Um, Markinen's fine, but he's just not playing well lately. I probably will not use any of them. Ranking them, it goes Porter, Lopez, Levine here for me, and that's that's probably about all I'm going with over on the Chicago side. Yeah, I do like Lopez here. You know, we've been attacking the Clippers with centers all season. Lopez's price should keep his ownership down. Um, I, I don't mind Porter here. You know, I'm a little concerned if this game gets out of hand a little bit that you know he's going to be one of the first guys off the floor coming back um, from dealing with a little bit, of, you know, bruised knee. Um, I don't really like anything else from the Bulls. Um, you know, obviously with Levine expected back, you want to get off of Archie. He's not going to be a guy we're looking at here. So. As far as the Clippers go, really paying attention to this Gallinari news. It could be big news uh, for maybe Zubak and Harrell. Maybe they both play solid minutes here. What are we looking at as far as the Clippers go? Yeah, I mean, last game we saw Michael Green get the start without Gallinari there. And he played really well the first quarter and then kind of tailed off, but still put up a decent night there. Um, he's priced at just 3600 so... If you want to move some stuff around and throw Lou and Green into your lineup, you can obviously switch things around based on the Gallinari news. Because I don't hate Gallinari if he plays here. Just 6,500 going up against the Chicago team, that is not great. Gallinari has been making value on a consistent basis, even in blowouts. Um, I don't mind Lou. I don't mind Harrell. Both of them are fine. Going up against Chicago, I think it's a better matchup for Harrell here. Um, obviously, he can put up a big dud, but he could potentially be in for some more play or playing time if Gallinari is out. Outside of that, I mean, if Gallinari's out, maybe go with um, Landry, maybe go with SGA, maybe go with Pat Bev, maybe go with Zubak. Um, but those are all ones that are con can entirely contingent on Gallinari being out and who they're going to actually start. Uh, but Lou Will, Harrell are in play regardless. Yeah, um, you know, Lou Williams could end up playing a few extra minutes. And, you know, obviously that, that could make a, a bigger difference. Um, I, I will say that 
when we take hold on i had to take like tobias harris and avery bradley off the floor really quick um with gallinari just to kind of get an idea of what we're looking at if if um gallinari sits and you know lou williams has a 35.6% usage rate, and um, he's averaging 1.5 fantasy points per minute. So, uh, obviously, if this, if we get news here that Gallinari is out, Lou Williams, like you said, is a very good play. Harold's averaging 1.33 fantasy points per minute. So, um, and all these numbers are going to go up because I didn't take Bobon off the floor. So, um, you know, I, obviously, player of all time. Just wanted to give you one more Bobon take. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do like Lou Williams a lot here. If we get news uh, that Gallinari sits. If Gallinari plays, probably not going to touch too much here with the Clippers. Um, I think they're all pretty much priced right if they're going to be healthy and playing normal minutes. Yeah. All right. It is time to play the morning grind game. Give me your favorite game to go over or under. Oh gosh. Um I'm gonna go with the we don't have a line yet, but I don't care. Uh, I'm going with the Sacramento game to go over. Uh that we have a we have a line for that game. It's two thirty three. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm going with them to go over. Um all right. I'm gonna take seems like this team's been going under a lot recently. I'm gonna take Washington. They're going to they they've hit the over at the highest rate in the entire in the entire yeah, league. They went season. under against Orlando. That was like the last game they played. So that's why I mean I, they yeah, they got a little so bit more ugly. on the road. Oh, that game was so ugly. Fine, I'll take the over in Washington. There we go. Gosh. You talked me into it. <laughs> now when it doesn't work out, I know who to blame. Um all right. Give me your under five K guy to seven X. You don't need to ask me that, you know. Bobon. <laughs> I'm gonna go Marvin Williams. Uh oh. over 8k, not the 5x. Who's your bust? Giannis. That was my guy. No, I figured. Um, let's see here. I am going to take wow. Um Give me Julius Randle. Mm, I like that move. Uh, favorite 6X guy. Who's your guy today for 6X? I wanted to go Elf, but I think we'll go with Blake. I like that one. Blake is good. Yeah, I was. I, I want to go Elf too, but I really like White, so I think that's where I'm going to go. White against New York. San Antonio, San Antonio is playing these guys like it's playoff time. So, like, the minutes are really secure for these guys right now. So, I, I like this spot for White. All right, Grant, that's going to wrap it up here for Friday. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Boban's going for 40 points. And if that happens, you know where to find Grant on Twitter. And uh, you can give him high fives. On that note, we're going to get out of here for Friday. We'll be back Monday. Talking some more fantasy basketball. If you play in fantasy NASCAR, make sure you head on over to rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR to get all of my NASCAR information for this weekend's Auto Club 400. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again on Monday. Hey, kids.